And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. If you're sick and tired of talking about floods, Ukraine and public housing in the ACT, I've got good news for you. We're going to talk about money with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. How's that for an introduction? Mate, that is the most exciting intro to talk about money I've ever come across, so let's run with it. Well, we like talking about money, um, so long as it's dollars, not rubles at the moment, because the rubles are not going so well. The the value of those things are uh, going out faster than too many bananas. This is not our topic today, but one thing mm. that did surprise me a little bit was that when the conflict started, I kind of half expected Bitcoin to start going up, because people might be shifting their assets out of... Uh, volatile currencies uh, and mm. into something like you know gold assets and the modern day thing would be bitcoin mm. but that didn't happen straight away it continued falling for a while there so i was a bit uh, confused mm. about that but then bitcoin doesn't always make much sense does it look i think the biggest advocates of bitcoins are the ones that got into it in 2007 2006 and you know spent five thousand dollars for what is now 300 million Ah, uh, yes. You know, so I think it's, it has its place, but I think as a, as a flight to security, people will, will rush and we've seen the gold price appreciate it it's accordingly, so it'll, that'll always be the test of time. Yeah. Today we're talking about pension accounts, and the question is, how do pension accounts differ? So mm. the obvious place to start is, what exactly do you mean by a pension account? Yeah, look, exactly, and I think talking about this today, I, I find people come in and there's a little bit of um, confusion around what, again, what is a pension, what makes something a pension, and the different types. Because the age pension is a pension, and so is an income stream from your super. But they have different dates that you can access. And people get very excited when they say to me, well, I'd like, I've got to retire at 67. And I say, well, how about retiring at 60? And they go, oh, I'd love to do that. Well, you can, because they've tied their retirement to the age pension date, not the super fund preservation date. So a pension is simply the act of taking money out of accumulated superannuation. We spend our working life adding to it, and that comes from our employer, and it comes from ourselves. And it really then says, I've reached an access age for the year that I'm born. I've written to the fund and said, hey, I've met the legislation and the rules around accessing my super, and I would now like to stop taking, stop putting money in, and rather take money out. So. There are certain hurdles that you need to adhere to, but you also need to then be able to say, right, I'm drawing an income stream, and that income stream could be fortnightly, monthly, half-yearly, annually. It doesn't matter how you take it. You just have to ensure that you meet the minimum drawing that's required for your age each financial year. So if you're between 55 and 65, the minimum is normally 4%. But in light of covid the government has halved the minimums, yeah. which ceases to occur from the 1st of July this year. So I'm going to stop putting money in. I'm going to write to the fund and take money out. I'm going to take the at least the minimum that I'm required to take for my age, and I'll take it in a frequency that suits my strategic reason for starting an income stream. And that, in, in, in basic language, is the difference between accumulated super and a pension account. Okay. And of course, um, when you say you can take it whatever frequency you like, I suppose a lot of people, if they're used to being paid fortnightly when they're in their job, mm -hmm. when they retire, they might like to continue receiving a fortnightly income. 100%. And another big misconception is that the only way you can take your pension is fortnightly. Now, that depends on the fund that you're in. It depends on the reason that you're starting the income stream. And also strategically, the best way that you can use the money that you're going to draw from your account 
in the form of a pension. So it may be that you start an income stream on the 1st of June and draw the minimum before the end of the financial year and do it again in July. You might want to pay off debt. You might want to make a deductible contribution to super. And as we've said in other shows, a little bit of black magic could be pension out over 60, get the money tax-free, put it straight back into another super fund and claim a tax deduction. So there are lots of applications for pension money. They don't have to be just to meet lifestyle costs going forwards. Okay. Now, there are all kinds of different pensions. As you say, it's not just the government-aged pension or disability support pension. Those those are government pensions. But there's also um, the pensions that we're talking about today, which are pension accounts associated with your superannuation. Mm-hmm. But back in the good old days, there were such things as, as company pensions and mm-hmm. uh, pensions for public servants that came from yep. uh, taxpayer funds and so forth. That's less the case these days, isn't it? Well, again, there's always going to be the provider's income stream. So you're exactly right. You have an account-based pension, and an account-based pension is where you start your accumulated superannuation as an income stream, and you have met a condition of release. And that says, I'm 60, and a form of employment has ceased. Or if I'm under 60, I've said to the fund, "I've, I've ceased gainful employment, and I don't intend to return to work for more than 10 hours a week. You meet those rules you start that account-based income stream. Now, the advantages of an account-based income stream are that whilst you're over 60, everything that comes out is tax-free, but internally inside the fund, once you start an account-based pension, all of the earnings are now tax-free, not at 15%. Another benefit of an account-based pension is that there is no capital gains tax in an account-based pension. So if you bought CBA for $4.50 and you sell it for 100 you pay no tax on that transaction inside an account-based pension where the value of that pension is at a maximum of $1.7 million per person. Another pension type is a transition to retirement pension. Now, that's where you're still in the workforce, but you're at your preservation age, so you have legal access to your accumulated benefits, but you're still working. Now, one of the things to keep in mind with a transition to retirement pension is the earnings inside are no longer tax-free because the government said that looks and smells like a little bit of a benefit that we don't like. So they're still taxed at 15% and there is a maximum of 10% of your accumulated benefit that you can take out each financial year. Whereas with an account-based pension, there is no limit. You could start a pension and rip it all out the next day. With the transition to retirement pension, you must take at least the minimum and then take at least at most the maximum for the year which is 10%. So account-based pension is one, transition to retirement pension is two, the age pension is another form of pension that you get at 67 Mm -hmm. or depending on the year you're born. Um, That is paid fortnightly and that is income and asset tested. And then there's the defined benefit income streams that you mentioned before where you've got CSS and PSS in the government and you've got DFRDB and MSBS um, which are the military equivalents and they are income streams that differ slightly as well. The CSS is a pension scheme. The PSS scheme is a lump sum scheme that you can convert to a pension. Now, the PSS rules say that you must take at least 50% of your benefit as an income stream if you wish to draw out a pension. Now, the big kicker for the PSS is the factor that they use to work out how much pension you get for the money in the account 
is extremely, extremely generous. The DFRDB and the MSBS schemes work as similar examples of CSS and PSS with slightly different structuring, but effectively they are paid for the remainder of the individual's life. They may or may not be taxable depending on the years of service and the contributions made by the member. And 67% of the income stream that is received is transferred to an eligible spouse on the passing of a member. So they are all income streams that you can use to fund lifestyle. You may have, this sounds silly, you may have an account-based pension, a transition retirement pension, and a CSS or PSS pension. You could actually have all three of them. And I can guarantee if you're getting three of those, you're definitely not getting the age pension. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's one you're not going to get on that side. So yeah. you probably can't get all four. But it's important just to sort of keep in mind that they all have different idiosyncrasies and you may or may not take them and use them depending on who you're employed by. Yeah. And of course, thanks to Peter Costello, everything we take out of our pension account is, uh, is tax-free. But apparently there's a limit to that. Mm, that's right. And that's, that's the transfer balance cap limit, which currently stands at $1.7 million. And if you have an account-based pension, for example, with $2 million in it, then you would have $1.7 million as pension, and then you'd move the balance of that money into an accumulation account that is separate to that. Or if you had a self-managed super fund, you would maintain a pension account and an accumulation account inside the one structure. And if you have one of those defined benefit income streams, once your pension hits $100,000 then the concessional tax arrangements under those schemes are amended because you can't commute or take out a lump sum amount from those schemes. So they they catch you with the tax assessment on that as well. So just something to keep in mind. Well, that does get a little bit complicated. So (laughs) what should people keep in mind when considering their pensions? Yeah, I'd be thinking about why you're starting the income stream. The important thing about using pension strategies is why am I doing it and what do I need to meet the requirements of my position not just what my friends think I should do at work. You know, certain employment areas are very cognizant of what everybody else did and what Billy did and Jenny did and Susie did, so you need to do that. And I always say to people, don't count money in other people's pockets. You don't know why they took an income stream. You don't know why they took a lump sum. You may not know why they took a part pension. Do what's right for you and your situation to maintain the most flexibility over the way that your retirement is funded. It might be that one spouse takes a full pension, the other one takes a part pension, and then we have a lump sum to give the kids. I had an instance where one of my most favourite clients passed and I had a conversation with um, her widow and the important thing for us was to get the money to the kids. Now, in that instance, if he'd taken a full pension from one of the government schemes, it wouldn't be transferable. So you need to think about what your why is and then access super accordingly to make sure that you get money that's tax-free, have a strong income stream, use pension strategies for other strategic reasons, as I touched on before. Maybe take a pension and put the money back in as a funding mechanism for deductible contributions to lower your taxable income. So transition retirements are great for that. Account-based pensions are wonderful if you want to sell assets and avoid capital gains tax and have tax-free earnings up to $1.7 million in your pension. So there are a lot of things that you can do, but you need to think strategically about why you're starting one and the benefits of doing so. Another great pension strategy could be that you want to pay off the house with tax-free money. So take a pension before June. 
take another annual pension in July and you've effectively got two years of pension money out of your account tax-free over 60 to pay off a house, to buy something down the coast or to just extinguish liabilities that you may carry because you'd rather do that with tax-free money than after-tax salary if you're in the workforce. So think about your strategic reason, execute your pension strategy and make sure that you can live and fund your lifestyle with the greatest control possible. Okay. And if you're doing that, of course, you've just got to remember that there are minimums and maximums about what you can take out. Exactly right. So check check what the rules are for, you, for your age. <clears throat> check that, you know, that meets your lifestyle. And if you don't want to start an income stream, then consider deferring it and maybe using a lump sum withdrawal where you're under 60 to get money out of super tax-free and then start an income from 60 so that you've got maximum flexibility. Or if you're going to go back and work on a part-time basis, then maybe take a pension payment at the end of the financial year because you might be able to live on part-time wages and maybe some rent from a house and then put the money back into superannuation in July after taking it out in June. Just remember that strategically you can use a pension for anything. It doesn't have to come out on a fortnightly basis, which opens up your, your, your line of thinking remarkably and the possible applications of money that's available to you. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's important to remember that uh, the age where you can start accessing your super is not the same as the age when the government says you can get a government pension. 100%. And one of the biggest furfies, people come in and say, I just wish I didn't have to work until 67. And I look at them and say, well, why? Do you love your job that much? And then hands get thrown in the air generally and you tell me I can walk out of here today and I'm done. Well, yes, you can. Okay, thank you very much. And that was that assumption that they had to work to 67 to get it rather than 60. Might want to check the balance first just to make sure there's enough there. Yes, that's that's <laughs> the first box we tick on the way in. <laughs> I'm just a poor, humble radio announcer. i gotta, I got to work till I'm 100. <laughs> We're like talking it. about what is a pension account and how do the accounts differ? Because mm. I guess um, let's uh, have a quick recap. What are yep. the different kinds of pension accounts? So we've got an account-based pension. We've got a transition to retirement pension. We've got the age pension. And then you've also, for people in government employment, you've got the defined benefit income streams being CSS, PSS, DFRDB and MSBS. And there are a few other state-based schemes as well. So th- yep. th- that isn't, that isn't, the list isn't exhaustive by any stretch, but you know, there are a range of employers that have their own schemes, generally the larger ones, yeah. because most people end up in a, in a standard accumulation fund. And a pension is simply just taking money out and no longer putting money in. Yeah, and that a, is a stream of income. Yeah, it doesn't affect your assets. It doesn't affect the underlying holdings. It doesn't affect anything that's in your super fund. Mm. You don't have to sell anything to move to pension. And uh, specifically, when we're talking about superannuation, really it's down to those two, isn't it? The, the account-based pension that you have when you're retired. Mm-hmm. Or if you're not quite ready to hang up mm-hmm. the spurs just yet, you have the transition to retirement pension. Spot on. That's right. And, and the transition to, to retirement pension was started because there was a huge knowledge base in workforces with an aging population where people said, right, I'm going to go and get my super and off I trot. And workplaces were losing huge amounts of of, of knowledge. And the transition to retirement legislation was created to say, look, you really like your job. You just don't want to do it five days a week. How about we keep you around two or three days and you can take some money out of super and replace the wages that you forego. And it's been a it's been a huge hit. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's great. Key things to remember when thinking about a pension. Yeah, so I'd be looking at why you're going to start one. Understand what you're doing and and why you're doing it. Um, use the money for tax effective strategies. That might be paying off the balance of your mortgage if that makes you feel safe. 
It might be adding money back to superannuation to um, claim a tax deduction and, and provide tax benefits if you're in the workforce and over the age of 60. I'd think about using it for investment strategies outside of superannuation. So you may want to invest in a trust or equalise an estate. You might actually want to lower your account balance to get under the transfer balance cap and transfer money into a spouse's name. So not just thinking about pensions as vehicles to fund lifestyle, then using it as money for other strategic considerations going forwards. I'd also think about selling assets inside an account-based pension so that you avoid capital gains tax and also starting an account-based pension where you can because the earnings inside the account are completely tax-free. They are not taxed at 15%. Um, I'd also then think about how you'd like to draw it out. Am I taking it fortnightly, monthly, half yearly, annually? And what does your fund provide? You can only take out under the parameters offered by the fund that you're in. So check with them first so that you know what you're working with. But they're the sorts of things that I would be looking to use a pension for, either funding lifestyle, extinguishing debt, or using it for other strategic benefits like deductible contributions, where you can use that capital to add back to another fund. And we need to keep in mind that once you start a pension, you cannot add to its capital value without going through a whole load of rigmarole about winding it back and adding more cash. So you generally end up running a fund for your employer contributions, Mm -hmm. a fund for your pension, and then they work nicely together. So let's wrap it up. Where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so look, if you're not sure, 62604749. I think we've got some appointments left in July. Um, www.envisionfinancial, that's envision with an E.com.au. That's the, the website. And we've got the Knowledge Centre in there where there's a raft of strategic information, videos, and material that you can consider. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And importantly, we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra. So you can subscribe to that, see the radio station shows on the iPhone, on the couch, pause it. You don't have to read anything. Big hit. Beautiful stuff. We'll catch you next week. See you next week.